I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to the first Wesleyan podcast of 2022. In this episode, we hear from Gareth Stainsby, one of the Wesleyan Financial Services Specialist Financial Advisors looking after dentists. He's talking to Laura Weaver about NHS dentistry in Scotland and the key considerations for dentists looking for change in 2022. They use our advisors' insight to discuss how dentists in Scotland are feeling at the moment, cover the latest news in NHS dentistry, and what options are available for those looking to retire, move to private provision, or diversify their income. As always with our podcasts, this is just for information purposes and shouldn't be taken as financial advice. I'll be back at the end to tell you how you can get in contact with us to find out more. But for now, I'll hand over to Gareth. And first up, Laura. So if we start then with uh, 2022, it seems like it's going to be a big year for NHS dentistry. And if we shine a light on Scotland, what do you think are the biggest disturbances that are causing uncertainty? Yes, Laura, I think without doubt it's going to be the removal of the COVID top-up payments from April next year. Um, NHS dentists have been used now to really getting 85% in terms of their NHS earnings as a top-up. And therefore, this feels like a huge change and it is a worry for many people. Dentists are left unsure what their income will look like after this point because even though the support's going to be withdrawn, fallow time will still remain and it's not as though they can go back to normal either in terms of patient numbers. Therefore, this causes uncertainty and leaves dentists unsure what will happen in terms of their income at a time when we know patients have gone a long time without seeing their dentist for a checkup. Recent Public Health Scotland figures show that 75% treatment drop has occurred and dentists I spend time with feel it will take them years to catch up, uh, which is a, without doubt a really difficult time for them. And I think it's really been shone a light on, not just in Scotland, but at PMQs yesterday, there were two questions directly to the Prime Minister about NHS dentistry and the issues people have in seeing their dentist, and it is leaving many dentists considering their options for it. It's an awful lot to deal with. Um, what do you think dentists will be considering or what might they want to consider if they're struggling in the NHS at the moment? So a few things, I think depending on age, if they're old enough, to be honest, a lot of my dentists are considering retiring. Um, they're certainly leading some more of them to consider that. Um, obviously this then leads to considerations for them personally, which obviously we can help with, because once you're thinking, am I going to retire and can I retire? It's all about understanding that you're able to and what their NHS pension is gonna do for them. And we can obviously help with that, help them produce some um, accurate forecasts of what they might receive, also, if they're getting a lump sum, we can help around investment options for that. And finally, if it's a principal and a practice sale is involved, there's obviously gonna be a sum of money coming in. Now, for those dentists that aren't old enough, that's clearly not an option. So another thing dentists are doing more is perhaps looking at going more into private work. So I do see more of my practices looking at this, ranging from mixed practices, increasing the ratio of private work that they're doing, all the way through to perhaps some practice considering a full NHS conversion and moving wholly from NHS to private dentistry. Why are they doing this? Well, it's an option because it puts the dentist more in control of their earnings, but it clearly leads to a lot of other considerations which we will come on to. You've then got the option to diversify. Some dentists aren't yet going back to five full days, so what it leaves is they're maybe doing three days in general practice. I've got some that are doing a couple of days maybe in a hospital post, so directly NHS trust employed. And then I've got some dentists doing completely different things. As an example, I've got one with the sanitising business. So it really does depend. Some people are looking for diversification. And finally, I've got quite a few dentists that want the certainty of income now. Perhaps they've become used to the COVID top up. So I have a number of my GP, general practice dentists rather, looking to maybe at community roles or directly employed hospital roles because they see it as an option for a more stable income. 
Okay, well, you mentioned quite a lot about retirement there. So is there things that um, dentists need to consider around, like the NHS pension, um, that might cause them some problems when they're looking to get out of the, the profession? Yeah, so focusing in on retirement, it clearly is a really important area. Most of my clients have spent many years building up really valuable benefits, often worth a significant amount of money. However, many simply do not understand how the NHS pension works. It comes across as complicated and consequently they struggle to plan appropriately for their retirement. So what tends to happen is they just retire at the scheme age. So if they're in the 95 scheme, they'll retire at 60 or if they're just in the 2015 scheme, they'll think I'm going to go at 68 rather than putting themselves in control of their retirement. So what I remind clients is that the most important thing is twofold. Firstly, you need to understand how much income and capital you need to retire, how much regular income do you need, how much you need set aside for capital purchases, because things like you know replacing the washing machine and the car will still happen, but also how much provision have they built up, both NHS and other, because essentially at the points that those two intersect, they can retire. And so what I would recommend is that clients sit down, ideally a few years before they plan to retire, five if they can, but obviously any planning before is really useful. And then what we can do with them is understand what they need in retirement and what they've built up. It allows us to put together something called a cash flow model. So simply it will allow us to forecast their NHS pension income, any other income they've built up, state pensions, and just make sure it's gonna cover their essential and non-essential spending in retirement. Because if it does, quite simply, they are in a position to retire. And I feel my job is all about giving clients the confidence to retire when they want to. Finally, no one has retired before, and a lot of times clients will say, well, actually, how much do I need? What will happen? So a useful website I find is the Retirement Living Standards one, where you can kind of go in and see, well, actually, an average pensioner or an average couple may you know, require this if they want a standard lifestyle, looking at how many holidays a year, replacing white goods, and that can be useful because, as I said, often people have never retired before, clearly, and that helps with a bit of forward planning. Okay, that's really interesting. So if we kind of uh, look a bit back at private dentistry then, do yes. you have any suggestions for where NHS dentists need to start, maybe for both principals and uh, associates that might be looking to go into that industry? Yes, so um, I think essentially if you've got someone that's going more into private dentistry, um, clearly they're going to go through a fundamental change. So I would say to any client that's either done that recently or is looking at that, it would definitely make sense to sit down with someone from Wesleyan just to chat that through because what's going to happen is there's probably been a change of income level, pension benefits, therefore it's essential that a client understands what they're going to build up now but also potentially what benefits they've lost by moving away from NHS dentistry so perhaps the pension, there's some life cover there as well um, and we can help with that. Also as part of Wesleyan remember practice plan is also part of the group so if you are moving more towards private some practices will just do it on a pay-as-you-go basis for patients, whereas actually for many dentists, implementing a plan can be really useful. And actually during the coronavirus pandemic, you know, the, num the patients paying for plans, it, the numbers really held up and it was a real help for private dentistry. So definitely I would say come to us and we can help in a number of ways because clearly anyone doing this is going through a lot of changes. And the final thing I would say is, you know, they've got a lot on their minds, but what we can help them do is break it down. So the analogy I use for clients is a bit like a course of treatment as they would do with their patient. So we'll prioritize everything they've got on and deal with it in order, because clearly you can't do everything at once. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. And then I guess if we finally go into kind of more of the diversification then. Yes. So if I'm a dentist, what can I be doing to make sure that my money is working as hard as it can be? 
So that's a really good question. And I think that's it. People are so busy working, it's hard to find time for them to focus on their finances. And if I look at my dentist, whether it's between an associate and a principal, they've got career earnings of potentially two and a half to five million pounds. Obviously not all of this should ideally be spent as it comes in. And therefore it's really important that people start to put some away for their future. Now this could be for a future, you know, dream home for themselves. It could be to help children through university or their first property, or it could be for their retirement. And one trap many people fall into because they're so busy is leaving too much money in cash. What happens is you need obviously cash for an emergency fund and tax, obviously if you're self-employed, but after that, if you're leaving cash untouched for some time, inflation's gonna really start to erode the value of that. It's gonna run at about 4% next year. So I can help clients build really robust saving plans to allow them to move some of their regular earnings into flexible pots for their future. And also remember, not everyone will necessarily want to invest. There are options for property. And again, at Wesleyan, we are acting as mortgage brokers and I can help my clients build by collect property portfolios as well, because some dentists will look at that. So lots of areas we can help with that, Laura. Okay. And then any last sort of golden nuggets to share? I do have two actually. So um, the first one is, you know, just come and sit down with a financial consultant and have a review. Because I think most of my clients will find that really worthwhile. Why is that? I think most people build up piecemeal, bit by bit through their lifetime, you know, a bit of financial protection here, maybe an investment there. Very rarely do they take a step back and sit down and look at everything. And a full review with a financial consultant allows them to do that, see everything, and also get advice on it. And finally, another important thing is a lot of stuff everyone does in life is built to what I call plan A, so that we'll live a healthy life, we'll work well, earn well, and retire when we want to. Unfortunately, that won't happen for everyone. Some people will have a critical illness or disturb income. Some people might pass away before retirement and it's crucial that they have a plan B as well to make sure that you know financial lifestyles can be secure for themselves or their families if something like that does happen. And a really quick example, I could see a client and say, yes, you could put X amount per month into a personal pension to make sure your retirement's gonna be even better. But actually, if they don't have the right income protection or life cover, what we could have done is actually put X into the pension and Y into a bit of protection for them to make sure that in the short term, if something happens and that plan A doesn't come to pass, they're sorted if something unexpected comes down the line and that themselves and their loved ones are also looked after. And that's our show for this week. Thank you to Gareth and Laura. If you're a dentist or indeed anyone who feels we might be able to help you with financial advice, you can find out more about what we do and get in contact with us by going to wesleyan.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Wesleyan and search for us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Audible. But that's it for now. So until next time, thanks for listening.